Hello. Online fam, question. What's the most commonly used emoji you use on the daily? Let us know in the comments below. What's yours? What's yours? Uh, uh. Oh. Um, are we talking emoji or the tap back thing? I don't know what tap back is, so emoji. <laughs> Probably um, the one where it's crying but laughing. Mm, You're okay. laughing through the tears, I think is what that means. Mm, mm -hmm. Very wise. Yep. Mine, mine is the lady that's like this. What's that one? She's dancing in oh, like a red. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. A red dress. Yep, that's good. All right, here we go. Did you know that Echo could be your place, your people, and your purpose all in one space? It's beautiful. It really is. Uh, we encourage you to take your first steps into this life-giving local church and find the community and the support that you've been hoping for. Let us know that you are out there or stop by on a Sunday sometime. We'd love to connect with you. Echo Friends. We want to invite you to participate in our yearly time of fasting and praying. We believe in obeying the biblical model of saying no to one thing in order to make more space to say yes to God. Please consider joining the Echo family as we seek God first for 21 days, starting March 27th. Ooh, that was a close one. Woo! Oh boy. Okay. Saved it. Oh. Saved it. Yeah, barely. Lastly, you, I don't even need you. <laughs> Lastly, thank you for your generosity and, and thank, thank you, you for, for giving, giving your, of your tithe. tithe. A 10% <laughs> of your income as worship to God and his kingdom work. If you are looking to give, head to our website, text any amount to 84321. Enjoy Echo online service. We'll see ya. Oh, and the laughing and crying. <laughs>
else to give this morning, Father, than a hallelujah. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son.
our hands this morning. Let's surrender to the King today. His name is Jesus, the name of all above all names, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, we give you the glory and the honor and praise this morning. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He's the light of the world. And there's freedom in his name. And he's awesome in power. He's reigning forever. The light of the world. There's freedom in his name. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He's the light of the world. There's freedom in his name. Oh, in his name. The Bible says that Jesus is the light, the truth, and the way. In the beginning, it said that the light shined and the darkness comprehended it not. So today, as we declare that Jesus is the light of the world, darkness must flee in the name of Jesus. All things, every high thing must come down and every stronghold must be broken in the name of Jesus. Regardless of what you came in here today with, Jesus can take care of it. So come today, bring your burdens, bring your hurts, bring your pains, bring your sickness, bring your disease. Jesus can take it today. Father, we declare that in the name of Jesus, that everything must come down and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. And if you believe that Jesus is King today, let's lift up a shout of praise this morning. Hallelujah, Jesus. Uh, brand new series uh, that Carrie Garcia started with us uh, last week. And it's, it's really our attempt to define a healthy spirituality. And, uh, and let me say even more clear than that. I, what I want to do is I want to define a biblical spirituality, one that centers itself around Jesus as we follow him. Can I hear an Amen. And so that's, that's our attempt today. And uh, the, the, really the tap back or the emoji that we want to focus in on is the question mark. Can everybody say question? Anybody know what this is from, actually? Mario. Mario. Yes, the original Mario on Nintendo. I wasted my life playing this game a lot as a child. Anyone want to confess that you did that as well? Uh, okay, okay. And if you have no idea what this is, we just want to know how old you are. Would you raise your hand, please? Other than that, if you are younger, you might, uh, this actually kind of looks like Minecraft a little bit, doesn't it? You know what I'm saying? Minecraft box, you know? So maybe that was their inspiration. But when I think about this series and our attempt to find spiritual health, uh, really, a, 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 I believe a biblical perspective on, on what it means to follow Christ, um, we can't ignore the question mark. And I just love that. I could do that all day. Uh, and, uh, but so many times what we do is 
I, I think in faith, we, we have like the question answered. And that one question is, is Jesus king? Is he savior? Is he Lord? And, and, and so we just kind of hit that box once and we're happy with that answer. And then we kind of move on and that's just kind of how we navigate in life. And, and if you're anything like me, when I was a child, and it has nothing to do with my pastors, it has nothing to do with my parents, but it had my perspective of what it meant to follow Christ. Uh, I just began to believe that you just kind of had to have it all figured out. That like you have faith or you don't. You have faith and you don't have questions. You, you, you don't, you don't, an, you, know, you, you have all the answers and, and you don't have questions. And, and what I've learned in life is actually, no, actually the more mature I become in Christ, uh, to be honest, there's probably more questions that, that arise and, and there's a lot of un, unanswered questions. And, and, and so if you know anything about this cube and, and Mario uh, is you, you're running like with Mario or Luigi and you're running down the chorus and the stage or the, the level and you come to one of these and you, you, you hit it with your, your, your hand, right? And, uh, and then what comes out of it, it may be a coin. It could be coins if you hit it multiple times or it could be a power up or it could be an extra life. Y'all get what I'm saying here? Uh, and my favorite power-up was, and I, I, I mistakenly said last hour that it was the, um, the flying squirrel, but I guess that was the next version of, of Nintendo. I was very ashamed. Um, uh, so I had to change it. The, my favorite Mario in the original Mario was the guy that would that throw flames. Like who doesn't want to throw flames like everywhere in life? You know, like uh, that's kind of what culture is today. Anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> but I think our faith is quite a bit like this. It's, it, it, it's kind of like this Mario cube where... When we hit this question mark, we really don't know what's going to come out. And because we don't know what's going to come out, we, I think in life, sometimes we just forget to answer, ask the questions. And what I want to present is this, is this one big idea. I want to invite Dr. Ron Ferguson to join me in a conversation about is what if we were meant to consistently ask hard questions? to help refine who we are as believers and, and allow God to continue to work uh, the work in and through us for the rest of our life. Can I hear an amen? Can we hear for Dr. Ron Ferguson uh, today as he joins me? Ron Jamin, there, put your stuff down. It's long, long, okay, long embrace. Oh, yeah, okay, now, now Ron, I, I was a little angry in first hour because we both had a coat on, and just before the first service, you took your coat off, and I said, oh, shoot. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing, man? I was like, okay, so now you've given me some hashtag goals for this next, next year, and uh, you've inspired me without even saying a word. Uh, but no, I, I do really appreciate you uh, being here. And if you were to uh, say your favorite power-up in the Mario original game, what power-up would that be? Come on, everybody. You know the best power-up is the star power. Come on, everybody. <laughs> star power. <laughs> yes, right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, Ron, I, I want to just say thank you for, uh, be will uh, for your willingness to come and have a conversation with us today. And... Uh, one of the things uh, that we have done um, 
within the fabric of who Echo Church is, is, is we're okay with having questions. Uh, but at the same time, I believe we could learn how to navigate through that tension a little bit better. And uh, so just a couple weeks ago, I called you and I said, hey, Ron, I got to have you come and hang out with us and would love to hear some of your insight. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to do this emoji series and, uh, and we're going to talk about spiritual health. And uh, you had anything in your mind and you told me that you were working on a project uh, specifically at that moment. And we felt like, man, this is not just a coincidence, but this is God's timing to use what you had been studying to, to share in a secular context and how we could apply that to our spiritual beings uh, and our spiritual walk with Christ. And so why don't you tell us a little bit about the project you were working on? Absolutely. First thing, thank you for having me, Echo. So honored to be here with you this morning. And uh, to, to, yes, uh, this conversation that uh, Andy and I had uh, with led to me being here today was a a conversation about questions, and I happened to be right when he called me on my way to a pre- do a presentation at the University of Idaho. Now, I, if you don't know, I'm a sociologist by training, and so the conversation that I was having at the University of Idaho was in a secular context, and so we were talking specifically about the right to ambivalence. Ambivalence is really about not having your mind made up, not really knowing how you feel about something, even a sense of con- maybe a bit of confusion that you don't, don't know. And, and within uh, communities of color, uh, particularly with everything going on, there were, we were talking about what is the right to say, especially as a, as a person of color, I don't know, where there is such a, a, an imposition or such a, dis, uh, a force like you're either for or against this or are you, this is a, are you sad, are you angry, are you happy? You have to be one of those things. Or how do you feel on this topic politically or socially? You got to think this way. And there is this, this idea that especially for, for some folks, there is a sense that you have to have it figured out. And so rather than be theoretical with you, let me just tell you, uh, as I had a student uh, crying on the steps as I was walking to deliver a lecture, and it was a student of color who, during a particularly racially tense situation uh, uh, in the community, uh, the, the student was crying, and I stopped and said, what's going on? And an African-American student who was crying and said, there's so many issues going on, and people want me to have it all figured out. They want me to have a position, and I don't know what I think, and I want to live in that. I just want to not know what to do right now. I need to figure it out for myself. And this idea of being confused and having gray areas and not knowing what to do isn't just something I think that in the secular spaces or in other contexts exist. I think for us as believers, we oftentimes are in where we're living in the gray, where we don't know or we don't have it all figured out. Honestly, and I was saying this last hour, I think a lot of us, at least let me just say for myself, I perform like I got it all figured out. But I don't. And in some ways, if, like my kids, if they really knew how much I don't have it all figured out, there's a phrase that people say these days. You probably heard it, build the plane as we, you know, we fly it. A lot of us live in that. We don't know. We're trying to question and all these things. So when you called me, I was having this conversation with myself and, and thinking about how I would present it. And it just led to a really opportunity to be here to talk about it in the context of faith. So you were, you were preparing to do a lecture on ambivalence. Yes. That's a big word. 
Uh, and at least when I Googled it, I saw that am, to be ambivalent means you have mixed feelings around potential contradictory ideas. Yes. And when it comes to our faith, uh, man, that, <laughs> that can actually hit pretty, uh, pretty, pretty, pretty straightforward, right? And what we're trying to deal with. And so, uh, so I guess what I want to do today with you and your help is debunk the idea that you have to have it, have it all figured out. That in our walk with Christ, Christ doesn't demand that we have it all figured out before we start following him. And in fact, in all healthy spiritual walks, there are unanswered questions. So help us navigate through those thoughts. Absolutely. And you know, in some ways this morning, I'm going to contend that healthy spiritual living is about continuing to pursue questions and being humble and not having it all figured out. You know, this idea of, uh, you know, for many of us, you know, just as seekers of truth, we're going to hit areas where we're going to hit some roadblocks. And so I'm going to present this morning this idea in a bit of an alliteration. I like alliterations. I don't know about you all. I think at Echo, there's a bunch of alliterations, right? <laughs> and so growing up, I liked alliterations. So growing up in the St. Croix Virgin Islands, when my teachers would present to me, like, here's how in the mainland, because U.S. territory is where I'm from, in the mainland, here's some things they might say. And one thing that one teacher would use a lot was alliterations, and ones that were tongue twisters. So she would say, Sally sells seashells by the seashore. Or uh, Peter Piper picked a peck of pickle peppers. And I'm thinking, this is how they talk in the mainland? Like, people use alliterations all the time? And I thought, that's pretty awesome, actually. And so, and that's obviously not the case. I didn't hear a lot of that, but I, it stuck with me anyway. And so I'm going to use an alliteration this morning where I think about really four kinds of ways in which we have to navigate... In the in context of faith, the not knowing where we're at, not having it all figured out. And so one, is the, one way I navigate is we're going to talk about resting, right, in the tension or the tentative, right? We're going to talk about uh, relying on the, 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 the text of the Bible, right? So we're going to rely, rely on, on, on teachings, we're going to talk about remembering our testimony, and then we're going to end with wrestling with truth. And so those are sort of some things that I think that are ways in which I approach. The reality is I don't have it all figured out, and I'm, I'm, I'm thank the Lord that he does. Help, help us understand the concept of resting in the, in the tentative. Yeah, so it's kind of counter to resting. Like, I, no one likes to... Uh, be unsure of what you think or, I mean, there's a discomfort in that. And one of the things that I try to do in looking at the social reality around us is having what I call that piece of that pa passes all understanding is that we have to rest in the fact that we, we, we may not know on this side of eternity all the answers and recognize that, that, that we trust in a God who, who does know. And so uh, I think about you know, one of my favorite texts in the scriptures, which is the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, and so in those 12 chapters, we see the writer of, which we think is King Solomon, many do, is that the idea of 
so many questions and the conclusions in our mind and our, is it's all meaningless and what is it all about and, and that the struggles we have. And I think about that in our, our reality, like you, you and I, as we look and try to make sense of the world around us. I mean, goodness, we got pandemics, we got global conflicts like in Ukraine and all over the, over the world, other conflicts. We have situations related to weather that are inclement and, and disastrous. We have uh, racial tension. Uh, we have other uh, Topics that are just confronting our society, and I don't know what that is. And then in the text, there's so many things in the Bible that are social issues, and what does that mean for today? And I'm trying to grapple and wrestle with it, and I don't have easy answers. The more I read, the more questions I have, and it just seems like I don't know if I can really ever get this kind of nightly wrapped bow. You know, I think about it, and I think about how you and I, in seekers of, of truth and to have it all figured out, we think of it like a suitcase. And I'm going to give you an analogy. that This is the way at least it makes sense for me. Now, now my spouse knows, and, and, and some of you might know if you have relatives or maybe it's yourself, I try to fill the suitcase as much as I can with everything in it. I try to make it all fit, right? I put everything in the suitcase, and then, you know, what happens invariably, things pop out, right? So shoes might pop out one end, a shirt might pop out to the other. I jam it full, and I try to then... Would stuff one side in, and you know what happens if you stuff one side in. Yeah, I got it. I figured it out. That part neatly, and what happens on the other side? Pops out, right? Things start popping out, and it's sort of be like almost this whack-a-mole. It just you keep trying to push it all in. And it's frustrating because I can't make it all fit. And sometimes to me, in the context of faith, I can't make it all fit. It's messy, and I want to fit it nicely because in my human mind, I like everything to be nice, organized, and orderly, but it's not how it works in many cases. Now, the writer of Ecclesiastes, I'll just say this. You know, out of all the questions that he had about, you know, why does the sun shine and the just and the unjust? There's all these other things that are going on that are like completely very, very strange and, and, and lead to questions. But you know what he says at the end in the 12th chapter? While there's writing of books and human beings will talk and talk and talk, the reality at the end of the day is we need to uh, fear God and obey his commandments. We need to trust on a God who we know has it all under control. And so in some ways, for me, I, God made me to be curious and question all kinds of things. But also I have to say, Lord, some of these things on this side of attorney, I ultimately will not always get to know. Absolutely. Um, so when my wife packs to go on a trip, she at least puts four or five pairs of shoes in it. So, <laughs> so usually there's an argument like what's going to make it down to Florida and what's not going to. Uh, and, but I think what I'm hearing you say, though, is, is there is always going to be tension when it comes to world circumstances, biblical concepts, our thought, and and, and, and in the midst of all that tension, uh, the hope is that we find some peace. Is, is that what you're saying? That is exactly what I'm saying. That I can have peace that is a, is, it's a God uh, who has it under control. That on this side of eternity, I know that I can trust in the Lord. I, I, I think about it this way as well. So my child, who's eight years old, my daughter, Carthy, my youngest, you know, she, there's a lot of things that she doesn't know, like... I, 
we, we as parents compel her to do this, that, and the other. Things are happening, and she doesn't understand. But, my, but she has a trust in her, her father. She has a trust in her parents that were guiding and leading her. Sometimes it's, why am I doing this? It doesn't make any sense to me. Sometimes it doesn't feel great. She doesn't want to do it. And, you know, I think about coming to God like a child. Like, I don't understand all of this, Lord. I'm going to seek understanding from you. But ultimately, Lord, you, I'm just going to faithfully look at, follow after you. Absolutely. You know, it's funny too, and I just thought about this when you mentioned your reference, uh, the reference to your daughter is, is when my kids travel, it's so surprising to see what's in their luggage. <laughs> and again, like, and I think we're kind of like that. We, we put a lot of things in, the, in, in our luggage that just simply don't need to be there. And I, and I guess that resting intention, and that you'd mentioned this last hour, is we've got to be okay with God coming along side of us, our Father in heaven, and say, well, you know what? That may not fit in the suitcase. Yep. And that's part of the resting and the tentative as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about, what about um, uh, your, your next alliteration? <laughs> so in keeping with that, right? So we start off with a position, I think, of humility that we say, Lord, I'm not going to have it all figured out on this side of eternity, but I'm going to seek answers from you. But we aren't really left without any resources, right? So to me, the second step I know as a believer is that we, we, rec- we, re- we rely on the scriptures, right? We rely on the teachings. As it says in, in, the, in the Bible that we remember the, the teachings of our youth. We remember the 66 books that have helpful, you know, that's inspired by God that gives us doctrine, reproof, instruction, and correction. Uh, and so to understand it, it helps us in our righteousness. It, it walks with us. It guides us. And so for, for me, recognizing the sufficiency of Scripture in my life is such a significant thing. I pray often to, because of all the things going on that I have a thirst for the word that this is the thing that I want to be driven to yeah I want the discipline like now I have a bible app and I get reminders but I need to thirst that this is the resource you know when I hear like people that well, God's not talking to me but he did he's, he's got these scriptures it, this is not just kind of an okay thing that, yeah it's a helpful resource it is the resource amen and so for me, it's getting that thirst for the scripture to say, you know, I don't have it all figured out, Lord, but I know that you have this, this Bible, this word from you that can guide me, that can give me clarity, and that as I read and seek it, that it is, that it is something that is sufficient for my growth and understanding. So, you know, one thing that I like to, to bring up with this, you know, in the idea of scriptures is... is uh, there, there's a passage that speaks to me quite, quite, quite well, and that's the passage about Jesus and the, the, the ruler, the very rich young ruler, which many of you are familiar with in the Gospels, right? And one thing that resonates with me, and I'm going to talk a little bit about what that is, is the, the message of am I listening, right? It's not just that I'm reading it, but I'm listening and I'm accountable to it. So the rule, literal ruler comes up, right? So he shows up and he's talking to Jesus and he's like, you know, how can I get eternal life? And Jesus tells him, you know, you know the, it, he starts off with a, you know, good, you know, good teacher. And Jesus says, no one's good but God. And he's like, I did, and he basically, and my paraphrase here, is like, you know, he did all the things, right? He, he, he's been helping people, and he's, you know, treating his neighbors himself and all that kind of thing. And then Jesus is basically like, uh, no, that's not enough. You have to give up, you know, you have to give up your, your wealth and follow after me. And, and two things that speak to me in that. One is, 
I keep thinking about as he's talking to Jesus, he's not really listening to him. First thing, he's like, well, you know, no one's good. And he's like, well, what, what else can I do? Like, what, 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 what can I do? Like, what can I do to be good? Like, don't you hear? No one's good, right? You need, and sell everything. Because he was used to. He did good things, probably. Good things, right? He did things with his resources, with his own ability. He was doing lots of things. And what he wasn't hearing was that, no, no, none of that. Just get rid of all that. Follow after me. That's not the answer. We use our, our ingenuity, our craftiness, our money, our connections. We have things that we can do great things. But he's like, no, no, that's not the source of understanding. It's not in your power and your will, but it's you following after me. Yet the rich young ruler time and time again, you know, he's just, what else? What else can I do? Yeah, when we were talking about that on the phone a couple weeks ago, um, because I don't want you to miss this. The rich young ruler comes to Jesus, says, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? Jesus gives them the answer. And then the rich young ruler looks at Jesus and says, but you got anything else? <laughs> it's almost as if he didn't prefer what Jesus was saying yeah. and relying on the teaching. And if we're, if we're going to have a healthy spirituality, it comes down to looking at the text, looking at the scriptures, looking at Jesus's life and his words and going, you know what, guess what? It actually is understandable. And, and although like life and, and circumstances and the context of which I find myself like brings a little confusion, like I've got to simply say yes to Jesus and what he presents. And uh, so many times we just like going, oh, but God, do you have something else? Uh, I had mentioned this earlier with you too. There's a, a theologian named Soren Kierkegaard uh, and uh, he's, he's long gone, uh, but he made this one reference uh, in, uh, about the Bible and, and our understanding, which I think is just absolutely brilliant and then also kind of a gut punch, so be warned. <laughs> he says, the Bible is very easy to understand, but we Christians are a bunch of scheming swindlers. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love, I love how awkward. Yeah. It's not me saying it. It was him saying it. Okay, I'm going to read it again. The Bible is very easy to understand, but our Christ, uh, as Christians, we are a bunch of scheming swindlers. We pretend to be unable to understand it because we know very well that the minute we understand, we are obligated to act accordingly. Yeah. And I think that's the story of the rich young ruler. Yeah. And are, are we positioning our heart to be teachable? Are we positioning ourselves to say, I'm, I can, what's in here, I, I can re rely on the teachings of my youth. I can rely on the scriptures. You know, it's similarly one of my older daughters who would oftentimes, when she would ask me, dad, should I wear the red or the blue one? And I would say, I really like the blue one. Perfect. I'm wearing the red one. And this happened quite a bit. And <laughs> so my wife knows who I'm talking about. And so the idea is that we oftentimes approach what we, we, kind of what we want. The rich ruler was looking for his answer. And so we need to say, well, we're looking to, these, to, to this truth for God's answer. And what is that going to be as seekers, uh, as trying to find clarity in the midst of all the chaos and ambivalence? Yeah, and I think in the end, that ambivalent state, the answer is this, is we need to seek God. We need to seek Jesus because he is that answer. And that's where we need to, to continue to, and, and in the midst of all those unanswered questions, always return and realize that Jesus has the answer. Yes. 
And we want to believe that we have it, unfortunately, in a human way, unfortunately, we would say, Absolutely. Shoot. No, absolutely. <laughs> you got any other ideas, Jesus? Exactly. Oh, man. So uh, another alliteration uh, uh, that, that really kind of forms uh, maybe and helps you in uh, and helps bring you peace in the midst of, of your ambivalence. Absolutely. You know, for me, and I think as I recommend for all of us, right, we, we rest in the fact that God, God is God and he knows the, the marvelous mystery and we recognize that and, we, and we, we rely on the scriptures that he's given us. But it's really also for many of us as believers or actually all believers, it's really going back to the beginning. So for me, it's about remembering my testimony. And so when I don't know what's going on, and let me tell you, you know, if you, if you live in this thing called life, you're all there with me. Things are going on in family, in your work, in your community, in the nation, and it's all bad news in many cases, right? It's chaos, it's strife, even within ourselves. And one thing that I have hope, and I have that peace, is that even though I don't know all the answers, I know that there was a before Christ and an after Christ in my life. There was a before Jesus. And you know, if I've been able to share here before, and I'll tell you, my before Jesus was I thought I was done for. I was down and out. I was somebody who, you know what? I didn't think I was going to live another year. Right? I was getting locked up. I was getting in trouble. People said, you're no good. Another statistic. And I was done for. I had given up. I had no resolution. I had no turning point in my life where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I had nothing. I was done. And you know what? In the midst of all that, Christ showed up. He said, no, not him. He's my child. I love him. He is with me. He changed everything. That anger turned to joy. Come on. That frustration and feeling lost turn to purpose and direction yes let me tell you when people see me and they're like Ron, how can you be happy don't you see all the horrible things going on don't you see the strife what happening in your family what's happening in your life what's happening in the world i'm saying don't you understand jesus changed everything for me amen amen as christians we should see, people should see that in us what is the good news that i was lost and now i am found it is awesome right to as a believer people say wow i need to know more as one person said, live your life in a way that demands that explanation. What is different about you? And it isn't me. It's he who lives in me, right? Yeah. New creation. How can we not go to that? That gives me focus. That gives me purpose. That helps me in spite of everything going on. I know where I need to be. I know where God has me firmly planted. I am not in shifting sands. I am stayed because of the power of the king. And so I think about that. So as you think about people in your life that you know that let's be clear right i'm not talking toxic positivity where we just ignore the bad and just be good no no this is about supernatural change come on this is about you and i giving hope to those that say i'm lost i'm done you might have a person that you love or even someone in this room that you ready you're just done it's over i'm sick and tired of this you know i've been you know i just can't take it anymore and you know what the lord can show up in the midst of that and he can change everything Amen. i see it and it's happened to me you know being locked away and done for as a teen 
clean and nothing that God said, no, I change it, transform me, and all the glory goes to him. And how can we not have purpose in that? How can we not have hope? The world's looking for an answer, right? And so the answers isn't in our carnal minds and the way in which we have it all figured out. It's in the hope that we have in him. That's who I give glory to. The focus is on what Jesus has done. And so I want want you to, to think about that idea that, you know what I know? I know Christ and him crucified. I know the great Lord, the great Jesus and what he's done for me. So good. So good. So good. You know, what I love about it is, is you're reminding us to remember our, where, we come from, where we've come from. Uh, but the one thing I've noticed about you uh, is that you don't just remember your testimony. You live within your testimony. And not only you, but your wife. And, uh, you know, if, if we can put her on the spot a little bit and put you on the spot, it, it is a couple of years ago, you decided together to sell everything to go find the pearl of great worth and to live within the calling that God has for you. And so would you just take a moment and just share uh, what you guys are up to in St. Cloud? Absolutely. First thing, shout out for the power of a praying wife who's been with me and walked with me. Amen. Those that pray for us, right? Those that stand with us should always be acknowledged as we do that for others in our life. And I have been very blessed to have my spouse who has prayed and stood with me in all the times of trials and unknowing and ambivalence. But really uh, an inspiration and something I want to talk about really is from her and her leadership is her heart for those who are living in addiction, that are seeking recovery, that are seeking hope. And we did sell. I, I resigned from my position. I taught at Luther College. I resigned my position there. She resigned from her position and we went to open up a facility in central Minnesota in St. Cloud called Momentum Center, which is a uh, residential treatment center for those that are struggling with addiction, seeking hope. And in Momentum Center, which the tagline being we move forward together, is that Stephanie and her team help those that are stuck in recovery move forward into reentry, into society, into from surviving to thriving and growing. And so, dear, I am so inspired by your work and so uh, blessed to have you just in my life and the work that you do and seeing all the great things that Momentum Center does. That's awesome. Can we hear it for (laughs) Stephanie Ferguson? I... I just, again, and and this isn't just for an illustration purpose, but it is inspiring to see a couple and a family living within the testimony. That yes, you remember where you come from, but you do know where you're living today. And uh, man, how inspiring. And so you guys, you guys are killing it. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Let's try to wrap, wrap this up a little bit. Give us that last alliteration. Well, the next, the last thing I'm going to talk about is really something that's fun for me is I really like wrestling, but let me be clear. I'm not talking about WWF. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so by the way, in the islands, I was actually a fan because we had four TV shows. When I was a kid, we only got broadcast TV from Florida. And so the island kind of got to vote on what shows were broadcast during a time slot. And four shows, uh, for four hours, we got to watch, uh, Two soap operas, so uh, like All My Children, Days of Our Lives. One of the, we had those two, two soap <laughs> operas, right? Life and, changing. Yeah. And then we had the news, kind of its own soap opera. And then we had <laughs> WWF, which showed like yes. when it was broadcasting. So 
four soap operas, basically. So you can imagine <laughs> if the mind share of an island culture before, you know, the internet and before all the cable stuff, it was, it was pretty fun when you, you all kind of were watching the same thing. I'm not talking about that, though. The wrestling I like is I love high school and college wrestling. I really enjoy the athleticism and sport of wrestling. And so those of you that are familiar with or fans of collegiate and, and high school wrestling, you know the, the work that goes in to, for those athletes to train. But it isn't just about being strong, right? What WWF is about big, the strongest and the most powerful. It's about skill. It's about really engaging with your opponent in a way that you can maneuver together. And it's exhausting. And it's, and it's really thrilling in a way that I think that's something that I I wanted to pursue in college, right? I did a little bit of it, but I wasn't able to pursue it completely because of other situations in my life. But I will say this, it brings me to where I think we all are somewhat wrestlers without knowing it in this world. We're wrestling with, with God. And, and you know what it brings me back to is the story of Genesis and Jacob, right? So Jacob, you think about Jacob. Jacob, you know, who else we'll call Israel, right? So Jacob uh, was a crafty fellow, right? So think about what Jacob did. He was able to, you know, trick Esau of his birthright, and he was able to kind of trick his dad, and then he was able to, under Laban, he was able to get, you know, the, his, his, his wife thing worked out. I mean, he had all these things that he was doing. You know, he was able to do it in his own sort of ingenuity, his own craftiness, and his own scheming, right? He did all these things, and, and he, in, he was really, really, uh, successful, but it came to a point in his life that he was going to have a reckoning, right? So think about the story in Genesis when he realizes that Esau and a bunch of his boys, so to speak, Ron version, show up, and that crew is going to, like, he's going to meet them. And he knows this isn't good. There's no way out anymore. And so he takes his, puts his family up. He's like, I'm going to have to go do something. And what he had to end up doing was the games were over. No more trickery, no more conniving, no more using your own strategy, your own resources. It came down to, I got to wrestle with God. And you know what the amazing thing is, is, as we brought up first hour, God approaches him, right? And he engages. He engages with wrestling with God to say, you know, God, I know that you are my answer. And he says, I'm not going to let go. I am going to hold on in that struggle, in that not knowing, in the fear of what can come, he knew his answer wasn't in himself anymore. How often that we wrestle, we're wrestling out of our own strength. We're trying to figure it out. So to me, in living in ambivalence, living in the not knowing, is our wrestling for truth, as I call it, our, our, our wrestling for truth, for veritas, what's right, is engaging the almighty God, who says, God, I'm not going to let go. See, some of you, uh, I think about this a lot, some of you are in a place where you are tired because you have been trying to figure out all these questions. I, I, you know, ruminating. We ruminate, ruminate over and over and over. How am I going to get through this? How am I going to do this? Without realizing we need, to in, we need to call on God and he can engage you in your place. And it's amazing what he can do in, in, in the midst of all that. And so I, I will say one more scripture that it's changed my view about, about, that this has changed my view about a scripture, and it's about Jesus asleep in the boat. And if you know, the, you know that story, right? So it's, it's, it's Jesus is, is, is in there, he's asleep, the storm's coming, 
right? We're all in that storm of life. The unknowns, the confusion, the struggle. And I used to always read that story of saying, I wish I, wish I was like Jesus. And I, I, I want to be so in tune that none of this shakes me. And I try and I try and I try and I try. And let me tell you, you know, it's a... Uh, what does Mike Tyson say? Everyone's got a plan until they're punched in the face. <laughs> and I think that I think like that. I got this. Now I'm going to run till life hits me in the face. And I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm lost. And so the idea here is, what am I going to do? And what I've found is I want to be asleep. But oftentimes I'm struggling. And what I need to think about is as those disciples ran downstairs and said, Jesus, wake up. We need you. They weren't going to get water and we got we to gotta do something by preparing the mast or maybe get water buckets and start getting water out of the boat. They said, well, Jesus, we need you. And for me, do I have to wait till I get at my wits end to cry out and say, Lord, help me. I'm lost. No. We need to go down there, you know, go down to the bottom of that ship and say, Jesus, help me. And what does that look like for you? I just want to challenge you as you're listening to me today. What does that look like to you? Like for me, you know what that means? And I don't, I'm not talking about eloquent words and of intercession and prayer. I'm talking about what does it mean in the raw sense that you don't even know what to ask for or how to ask for it. You know what I've done? In my time of when I was lost and felt hopeless, I said, Jesus, help me. I have no idea how to get out of this. Without you, I am sunk. If you don't show up, I don't know what I'm going to do. That idea of, you know, we have cliche, let go and let God is scary, but we have to get to that place where we surrender and just say, Lord, help me. And you know what he's done in my life? Glory be to him. He's shown up and he's restored everything. Can we hear it for Ron, Dr. Ron? I think what I hear you saying is in light of questions, we are not to be passive, but God calls us to seek him first. The Holy Spirit, Jesus does have answers and, and he wants to be the answer. And the one thing I want you to hear Echo Church today is this, is Echo Church is to be a place full of seekers. I, I, let us all seek. And let's be okay with, with asking questions and, and being unsure uh, what fits in the suitcase and was, what doesn't. But let us not be people who are passive in our approach to Jesus. But let us continue to return. Return to Jesus. To return to Jesus first that this life isn't about wrestling with the world and the context in which we find ourselves, but we are called to wrestle with Jesus and say, Jesus, if we're going to hold on to anything, it's gonna be onto your heel until you bless us. Can I hear an amen? And so today we understand there's a number of you that walked into this space or maybe one or two, you feel far from God. And you know what the best part of God is? Is he initiates the wrestling match. And he says, come to me, let's, let's get down. And at some part of that wrestling match, it, I think we all have that shift where we realize we should not let go of Jesus anymore. 
In fact, that he's grabbed a hold of us. And so today, Echo Church, I'm gonna ask that you'd stand up and I'm gonna ask Ron here to, to lead us in our weekly prayer. As I believe a few of us, some of, some of us here today are gonna pray this for the very first time. Ron, would you lead us? Amen, I'm so thankful for being here, Echo Church. And I wanna pray this prayer with you as we seek to rely on God in our questioning. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions and answers, but I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Amen. And Jesus, right now, as, as we head in just to a moment of reflection, we contend to wrestle with you. Holy Spirit, would you continue to do the work that you started? Would you finish the message here just in the next few minutes in our hearts and our minds? In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, would you shout amen? Amen.
right here, right now. Every piece of my heart, I will lay down. I lay it down before close to three years ago that I got the first chance to see the prayer that we say, we say every week. And I just was super excited about this reminder that it's okay that we have more questions than answers. And I've been following Jesus for more than half my life. And I, I'll just tell you today, I still have way more questions than answers. And what I think is interesting about that is, is, is Ron was talking about this I want to use Dr. Dr. Ron was talking about this. Just sounds way more. I need to figure out a way to some, some like joke college online so I can get a doctor in front of me. But um, Dr. Ron, though, said that be okay in the tension. And there is a tension between 
having more questions than answers. Like that's just a place of tension. And I think Jesus is totally fine with that. I think Jesus is totally cool with the fact that we just have to, we gotta trust that he's on the boat and he's who we have to go to. And we can't do it on our own. You know, when you, uh, if any of you guys are sinners like me, you maybe have watched Saturday Night Live in your lifetime. And there's this thing that they do after you've hosted for five times. And they give you like this jacket and there's a special one. And so what I'm thinking is we need to help Dr. Ron come back two more times so he can be in the five timers club and be like the first one. Wouldn't that be rad? Can we give it up for the Fergusons and how much we love them? And we'd like to celebrate some other people here. Let's celebrate those that said that prayer with us for the very first time today. Come on. Come on. It feels a little, but it's big. I promise you, it's big. And then we'd love to celebrate those of you that set foot in Echo for the very first time today. Thank you for being here today. Now, if that's you, I've got a challenge. There's going to be some people at this back table over here that want to give you a gift card. And they want to know your name and talk a little bit more about your next steps at Echo. We are so glad you were here for that. And I, I just keep thinking about a couple things, but I love the idea that we are trying to take steps as a church to be a little more human and a little more like Jesus. And having the Fergusons here, having Carrie Garcia here last week are just steps in that. Echo Church, you are amazing. We love you so much. We are so glad you're here and we can't wait until we see you next week. Have an amazing week, everybody.